Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Mac Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. All right. How's it going, Blake? Nice to have you on the show. Nice to be here. My agent scheduled this thing. It's months in advance to go. You're always something in the bottom of the barrel if you're calling me. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're all in the news right now. Yeah. In the realtor world. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. You're like the biggest name in Kelowna real estate right now. Because I have too many opinions. <laughs> yeah. They just happen to be popular opinions this time. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's just dive right into this. Welcome to the uh, icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by. Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. What's your favorite season in Kelowna? Spring and fall. Spring and fall? Yeah. Spring and fall. Wow. My least favorite. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Can't stand I don't think he's like basically Satan. <laughs> Why do you not like fall? Ah, I don't like the shoulder seasons. I want it hot or cold. Yeah. Yeah. See, by the time, the thing I like about spring is it's getting rid of the cold. And by the time fall comes, it's enough of the heat. Yeah. We have a boat and I hate, I, I love being on, but I hate it. Yeah. Too hot. Too hot. What kind of boat do you have? Pontoon. I was going to say a pontoon. Do you bring your barbecue onto the pontoon? No. Okay. Because I'm the least handy guy in the world. I have to screw that thing in. <laughs> you lose it. The boat. Yeah. yeah. I have in my car, in my garage. Yeah. In case you ever hear this. Yeah. I tried to hang out. Tire rack. There's <laughs> eight holes. <laughs> Uh, was there any tires on the wall yet? No. <laughs> it's just holes. Okay, so this podcast is... <laughs> yeah. That's funny. To talk more about the pontoon, what's your drink of choice? Coffee, cocktail, beer, wine? Rum and orange juice or coffee. Rum and orange, orange juice. juice. Nice. Nice. Dark what's that called? Is that called a drink? Is that something? Dark rum and orange juice. <laughs> All right. So, I'll remember that. Tell me has any. If it was vodka, be a screwdriver. I like the things just we're just going. Yeah. Yeah. We have a good time here. I told you. I wasn't lying. All right. If you got 12 hours uh, left before you leave Kelowna forever, what are you getting up to? What are you doing? Oh, I read your questions. I don't remember this one. You <laughs> I tried. I told you to send us the papers. You can follow along. What but... did I say? 12 hours. You can just fall back on your pontoon with a ramen. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Give you this. nice... Uh, I'm packing drill in the garage. By 12 hours, that's all I'm doing. I'm packing. So the next yeah. thing, I feel like for me, you make it six. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I'm packing. If we're flying out at six in the morning, I'm packing at 2.30. All right. So you're packing for six, sleeping for the other six, yeah. and hitting yeah. the road. Where well, where in Mexico would you go? Puerto Vallarta. Yeah. We okay. have a place there now. So you have a place there? Kind of our second home. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. If you could purchase one property in the Okanagan, where would it be? This is tough because I'm skeptical about the market right because right you're probably saying we're kind of we don't know where it's going i'm a realtor it's always going up i know i know market's unbelievable <laughs> How's the market unbelievable the great time to sell a great time to buy as usual um, yeah i guess i would say short-term rental yeah i think yeah because people are vacationing here any specific property a condo or would you try and do like a single family house well the short-term rentals in a car in a residential house really aren't so much of an option I've always liked La Casa. Yeah. They seem to do really well out there. Yeah, I think La Casa. Yeah. Very seasonal though. Yeah, very seasonal, but they do so well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You don't have the strata issues, right? Yeah. So much. 
That'd be perfect. You could be there spring and fall, short-term rented in the summer. You'd be in Mexico. It all lines up. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. So how long have you been in real estate? You've been coming up 37. That's it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your realtor number? Like 008? I've only been here since 91. Okay. I was in Winnipeg before that. So. Yeah, you've seen some things then. 37 years. Yeah. What made you move out this way? I was in Winnipeg. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's falls. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the worst places in the world to live. My sister, if my sister hears this, she's going to be offended. It's horrible. I imagine anyone else living in Winnipeg too. But yeah, we've got a huge listener base there. Yeah, so yeah, it's our sure. biggest one. Well, think about Winnipeg. Can we go off on tangents? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I'm a tangents are our favorite hockey thing. fan, not as big as a, as I am a football fan, but like yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. I tell this to my sister all the time. They're they're screwed because they can't get a free agent. Yeah. Like, well, that's like Edmonton. Edmonton locked out now because they got Drysaddle and McDavid. But because they had to draft them, though. Because they had to draft them. Yeah, right? yeah. And they got lucky and timing. But Winnipeg is not as nice a city as Edmonton. Or Edmonton's not as bad a city as Winnipeg. Like if you're a free agent, yeah. if you're a free agent, pick the cities in the NHL where you would want to be. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think Winnipeg and Edmonton are probably at the bottom of the list. Well, also when it comes to tax, for tax reasons. Yeah, well, we look at the two NHL teams. Yeah. Vegas and Florida, no tax. Yeah. Shocking. Uh, well, like you just think, like where do you want to live? Do you want to live in L.A., Florida, Vegas, Chicago, Vancouver? Yeah. Any other, like you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I know I was thinking about that. We're bashing you. So <laughs> See, if Kelowna had an NHL team, we'd be in, we'd be in the final right now. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be like twelve thousand people at the game, but we'd be in the final. Yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. So, let's talk about the big thing right now and real estate for the realtors is the showing time versus touch base showing time and touch base is a system how realtors talk to each other behind the scenes right so we just had a big mix-up where we went from our board went from the touch base system to the showing time system and it caused a stir and you were kind of at the forefront of leading the charge against it do you want to dive into that a bit there blake okay assuming yeah this is realtors listening to this they'll care public won't yeah pretty neat bottom line is we we moved to a new system to set up our showings and we chose a system and i'm talking to realtors here not to the public yeah and yeah we chose a system that is owned by a company called zillow zillow is a very good company but they are our competitor and they are constantly evolving to create a better end-to-end -end platform for the public than realtors are. That, yeah. that is their goal. Yeah. They've tried some things that have worked. They've tried some things that have failed, but it's a very successful company. And I said, using their product is counterproductive to what we're trying to do. We should be investing in Canadian companies or our own. Luckily, the, we managed to defeat, we managed to stop using showing time. But unfortunately, the only reason that vote went the way it did is because showing time the rollout was so bad and the app itself the app itself was is so just bad. horrendous but i think that was because we got some sort of a beta there was something because that product seems to be pretty good oh yeah from other people. some of what they offer my concern is we should have just said no we're not using the zillow product we should be using ro it was bad for business and i'll say this right now to our directors and our industry shame on you for not looking big picture shame on you and like kind of not consulting before the switch and not consulting before the switch boards and governance and leadership know what decisions to make and know when to go to the membership our board failed us so the thing is though is like I, we had a out of checkup from the city on we were kind of talking about a similar thing about elections so we had a board election our board is elected 
the previous board had okayed this and then the new board came on and they basically had to implement the change that was yes. already made. Yes. So like that's kind of not a great situation. That's not a great situation at all. Yeah. And I feel like Jamie Briggs was at the forefront to kind of on the other side. I thought he did a great job of kind of handling all that. Well, the problem with being a director is soon as you're a director, you have to, it's just like politics, you have to toe the party line. So you got to remember, Jamie is now on the board. Our directors that made this decision were essentially appointed by themselves. We're going to work on a system so realtors of air pay attention. We're going to have member-driven nomination committee where we're going to have 10 to 20 directors. We're going to vet the realtors that are running for the board, but we're going to do it on behalf of you, not on behalf of the board. And it'll be your questions and what you want to know. So the board will give their opinion on who you should vote for. We'll give ours, but it'll be you decided. What do you think of this, Taylor? What's your opinion? Yeah, no, fascinating stuff. I get it. You know, when I when I talk about mortgages, I see. Yeah, we have to talk about this, and it's like super boring for everybody who's not using yeah. the system. But like, it has been a firestorm lately for all the realtors using it. So I feel like it had to be brought up a bit. So here now, my soapbox. I think most realtors appreciate what I did. Some yeah. probably hate my guts for it. I've heard mostly positive things. Well, I have heard some negative things yeah, too, and that's fair. I'll but that just to the negative. realtors that it had to be done the way it was. I wasn't comfortable with it. When the vote came, my phone started. I was in Vancouver. We were yeah. at, a, at a going to a Matchbox 20 concert. It was not fun. I just believed it was a bad decision. Yeah. My phone started ringing from some realtors that were friends on the committee, and I was ecstatic for about 10 minutes. And it's going to sound weird. actually started to cry a little bit after 10 minutes because it was emotional. I just, I did not like what happened. It was a stressful two weeks. It was one of the worst times of my life. Yeah, crazy. It did get very, uh, it was getting fiery and you were at the forefront of all that. So, so is it all done now? You guys are back to touch base. We voted. It was like 78. What was the vote score? We all 78% going back to touch base. Yeah. 13% to keep showing time. No, it was, it was like 13% undecided. I thought it was 8% undecided, 13%. I thought it was the other way around. It was higher undecided than it was for Shelton. Although I could be wrong. Yeah. So, but either way, it was like a blowout for what with the system that we had so but all is well in the world now we're back to show back to touch base it's not it. over because we don't know if we're going to be running two but this may not be over all right stay well, tuned. we'll have you back for round two yeah. i'm on the edge of my seat stay <laughs> tuned indeed i'm ready for this that's kind of funny so how's the rest of the year going have you been having a good year other than that it's a grind yeah i mean we're fortunate my wife and i were fortunate enough that we're not struggling to feed a young family and things yeah. so the market is always going to be what it is for us so yeah. all right so what, what, yeah you're you're kind of i guess opposing the market right now like you're you know comfortable with it you're there's some volatility in it like what are you telling clients i guess i'm not opposing this market i was opposing the covid market i don't like what happened to our market i don't like the way prices were going through the roof i don't like some of the marketing that realtors were doing um, and I've got friends that I disagree with, like the feeding the friends and prints are going to buy now, buy now. I, I think that hurts buyers, right? And I think we get caught up in it. So there's another opinion Blake has, but uh, I think we got to strike a delicate balance between who our principal is. It's a seller and it's a buyer, right? Yeah. I think you're a mortgage broker. So yeah. you know that our mortgage rates, I don't know why the government, I don't understand economics, but our interest rates were so low. Yeah. They created this mess and now they're jacking up rates. They're going to crush people and have them lose their homes. 
that's the problem. They never should have gone that low, and been. then they wouldn't have to come up. Yeah, they should have started coming up probably in 2021, smaller. Yeah, and then, not let them get. Why do they have to get to one percent? If you can't buy a house at four, you shouldn't be <laughs> buying a house. And the market was so hot then, anyways. Like, why would you continue to drop rates? Like, I love to sit in a room with these people and say, "Can you please explain this to me in layman's terms that myself and ten other people understand?" Yeah, because yeah. it was it's you created this mess. Yeah, and so, if you're going to have lower interest rates for this part of the segment of the economy, could you not have had different interest rates for mortgages? I don't know. Maybe can't. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of all connected. Let's let's hear. It is somewhat connected on the bond market, okay. right? It's what banks are going to be lending money out, and they have their margin on different asset classes. But I think you should be able to change that. It's their decision. Let's find out. It's all the world's problem. Yeah. One article I was reading about the states, like they're kind of in stalemate as well with inventory because nobody's selling, but they're on like thirty-year fixed mortgages down there, right? They're not doing one, two, or five-year terms, they're doing it for the full term. So since their mortgage rates have essentially doubled or tripled in the last two or three years as well, nobody's selling their house because they can't afford a house, right? Their mortgage is essentially doubled. Now we're a little bit different here. It's a similar mindset where if someone's on a fixed rate or even a variable rate, now they can't be qualified for the next purchase. So no one can sell their house because what are they going to buy? Then all the buyers out there have nothing to buy. So we're just in this like limbo no, no man's land yeah. yeah so like it's a real problem in the states where people literally would have a mortgage payment that would double if they sold their house so they're just going to stay put yeah. and it's it's kind of the same right now in canada mostly on the approval side like we just can't approve people for the purchase price that would encourage someone to list their house yeah so yeah there's a, a definite lack of inventory because of that what about the difference between the fixed payments and then the the variable payments you want to talk about that a little bit okay amortizations that are going out to like 40, 50 years, 60 years, I think I've heard. Whereas some banks, just your payment just goes up a month, but your amortizations do the same. Oh yeah. You mean like a adjustable rate versus a variable rate static payment? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple lenders that have those products. I'd, I'd say TD is one of the most prominent one. Um, B2B actually just took that product off, but it's essentially, they changed the amortization length, like the overnight rate changes up or down. Yeah. So instead of your payment going up, stays the same and your amortization goes to 40 or 50 years till it reaches that trigger point, which we've heard a lot about. And then yeah. once it reaches that, TD will send you a nice letter stating hey, you need to make a lump sum payment or increase your payments uh, because your amortization is is uncomfortable for us. So that is one product. And then just the, the straight adjustable rate where your payment just changes based on the interest rate. And what happens if for those people, because I was reading the story about a lot of people have to, those are coming up for renewal after the five years. Yeah. So like, that's going to be a tough one because they, now they're going to have to shave off, say 15 years on that amortization with a lump sum payment to bring it back in line to, to that lender guideline. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Right, we're going to get hit with, I did. It's funny. My wife, we bought a house three years ago and we have a variable and we're not paying that close attention to them. Yeah. Payments, the payments staying the same. And we, we figured, okay, that must be the type of mortgage we have. So we're waiting for this call. And honestly, so most people forget about that they're in this product. It's yeah. Like paperwork and carry on and like CIBC has it, TD has it. There's a few. And it doesn't really come up until you get that letter. And then it's a bit of a. Well, like time. I'm in the pot here where I've got the Scotia. So I'm feeling it every month. I've been feeling it since I started going up. Yeah. Because my payment just goes up. My at least you know. Yeah. At least, at least I, I'm, yeah. You know. Very well. So it will say on your mortgage statement, like, here's the trigger rate. 
So if your rate reaches over that, they're going to reach out to you. I know some people have had success with just saying, no, I can't afford it. I'll pay yeah. for it when it's done. It's it's really on a case by case basis, what your LTV is, like how much equity you have in the house. Yeah. Most people are safe. It's people that got into that product on a new purchase, probably about two and a half years ago mm-hmm. when rates were at say 2%, they've surely surpassed their trigger rate now. So it's scary for, I mean, again, we're older and we're, for, you know, we don't throw you in personal, so we don't have much of a mortgage. But yeah, if you're a young couple and you bought a house at a huge price and things, it's it's scary out there right now. What are your uh, predictions for the rest of the year, Nick? It's not even going. Oh, come on. You got an opinion about everything? So, I know. <laughs> so are you mostly serving, like, what are most of your clients? Investors? Uh, home right now we are, yeah, I would say we're right about 80 to 85% people downsizing people our age that are moving into something smaller, a couple investors. And what, uh, what area do you like the most? I'm just going to keep on asking the same question. Yeah. What's your prediction, man? Where's the I, we, I mean, we probably like Matt, we're kind of peach land to Lake country. Those yeah. are the areas yeah. that we know. Problem with predicting is so I, and, and here's a commercial or a, an opinion piece on real, so much of a realtor's opinions yeah. seems to be self-serving. Every time I see one, it's, it's just designed to make you money today. Yeah. I, I, I'm not comfortable with it. Although in history, I kind of just prove that prices are on the rise. Right. So like, yeah, I'm shocked right now with this. Yeah. It's funny. I just did this here this morning because I've got a client that says, boy, homes are coming up like crazy in my area. He's like, so I want to lose higher than that. I was shocked. So May 1st to May 20th, this year, 191 sales. Last year, 189. Then I went back to 2019 before COVID because that two years of COVID was a yeah. gong show. 2019, 147 sales. So our sales are still up over 2019. That's like 25% up. Yep. Yeah. And, but here's the other thing. Our activations here, we think our inventory is maybe rising. Like that's real good. 868 homes listed from April 1st to May 20th, this year, 2019, 975. I thought we were gonna see way more activations this year and way less than. This tells me where I thought we were gonna have some pressure on prices, this says maybe we're not, but I'm seeing some slow listings out there. Listing, so the listing, the way I've experienced this is the hot listing, the ones that are priced right and the nice ones get multiple offers right away. And if you're priced too high or if you don't have a desirable one, it is sitting. Right. So like I've been on both sides of this. I have so many buyers that are just ready to go. So every time I get an email from one of those auto searches I have set up, I'm like, okay, who's going, where are we going to see this house? And then like, sometimes it's go time. Sometimes it's, it's just not, you have yeah. people just sitting there. I've experienced low inventory, like quite a bit. Like it's yeah. not, it's hard to find houses still. feels like my entire career in real estate has been hard to find a house, but tough to, uh, when I first started before COVID, there was set up a Saturday, you go see 10 houses, bring a client to go see like eight, 10 houses. Now it's like, we're seeing one as they come on one at a time, one at a time. It's like that for every client. What was your favorite time in real estate then? You started in Kelowna in 91. I started in Winnipeg in 86. Okay. I just like times when buyers and sellers are able to negotiate back and forth and each have some validity to their comments. And do you think there's anything we could getting involved on a regulation type of basis with like a rescission period or like implementing anything, but is there anything that they could implement that would 
have a more balanced market. Like we were talking on the last show we did making home inspections mandatory, but making them a blind home inspector. So much like we do with appraisal, like you have to order it as a seller. You don't know who the home inspector is. And then that report gets disclosed to everyone. Like, is there anything that we could do that just provides more balanced market? Because the window of a balanced market is pretty small, right? It either seems like it's on the seller or on the market. Yeah, it feels like it always never is a balanced market. Yeah, it, that's a smaller kind of. I honestly, maybe I'm naive and literally, I could absolutely be dead wrong, but I think it all comes down to interest rates. Yeah. Interest rates cause a disaster of a market for sellers, and they they created what we just saw. None of us knew what COVID like. I thought we were. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I sulked for a couple of weeks. So I was like, "Damn, there goes my career." Like two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Had interest rates, and I can't remember what interest rates were when COVID hit. What do you mean that four percent? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, three, four. If we just if we just fluctuated, what would a world look like? A four to eight percentage, four to eight percent interest rates. I'd love to see where we would be today. I again, I'd like to ask the feds why down so low. And here's another one: as interest rates creep up, could you not have a system where people renewing their mortgages get a break, where they're not paying the rates that are going to cause them to sell their home or you know? Or yeah. Could that not happen, right? Have a different set of rules for speculators and investors versus somebody that needs a home. Well, yeah. I mean, the only way to really control that monthly budget is refinance and lengthen out the amortization. Yeah. But then they're just tapping into more of that leverage. So it's not really solving the the problem that the feds say they're trying to solve to make housing affordable. But could they not have an interest rate for- Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, we spoke about this too with say first-time home buyer. Just to get them in the market, allow it to be on a say a forty year amortization, just yeah. so their payments affordable, and then they can get into it. And then, like, they do have it somewhat. Like on rentals, your interest rates slightly higher, yeah. right? If you're an investor, but we're talking like yeah. quarter point really isn't that impactful. It is funny how it's almost like a, a lottery ticket eight times a year. Nobody knows what the announcement <laughs> is. Everyone has a guess. Yeah. It's up or down. Like yeah. literally, no one knows. And then like eight o'clock in the morning. 10 p.m. Eastern or whatever yeah. when it gets announced, we're like, oh God, who could have ever guessed that? So I get it's a 33% chance which way it could have gone. And no one's ever right. Like it, to me, that's the wild part. Like yeah. you're talking a, a housing market where you know there's billions of dollars out there and no one has any no. sign which way we're going with an interest rate on it. We're just <laughs> jumping on the surfboard and yeah. So what do you think would happen if we just kept all rates? Variable fixed, everything at 4% didn't change anything. I think, want to know. Do you think the market would just stay more or less stable? It wouldn't have those. I think we would be more like this. Yeah. Like just like just starting the loss of inflation. Just, yeah. And again, if somebody far smarter than me, and there's many of those people yeah. could explain to me why that's not the case, I'd like to hear it. But interest rates, high and low, seem to always be at the root. They're always, they play a major role, right? You but keep, the thing is, not pointing at me over here. I'm right? Come on. I blame him too. Yeah. yeah. Um, Easy yeah. punching bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But the interest rates are obviously not just real estate. Like they do everything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And yeah. for home ownership, could there be a different set of rules? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's a political thing right there, right? Yeah. So the provincial government is going to open up laneway housing and, yeah. and everything. Yeah. What, the fourplex everywhere. Yeah. What kind of a shit show is that going to create? Because now I actually have been called the socialist twice the last month and this makes my skin crawl do i sound like a socialist but i'll let you know you know and, yeah. but i now have the title so, for this show. 
I know. I can't believe I'm saying yeah, we're ever tired by Kelowna's most popular podcast. I know, hey. Uh, Jim or John Horgan, whoever the old premier was. Yeah. Um, I'm not an indie peer by any stretch. But Horgan seemed, and, and I know people that lived down the street from me, he's a very nice man. Yeah. He's an he's NDP. I'm I'm not an NDP. I'm a center right yeah. kind of guy. But he said five, six years ago, he's concerned about home ownership for people that live in BC. Yeah. And that resonated with me. I thought that because I have kids. And you're a realtor. <laughs> like, well, but no, but you know what? Yeah. We can make, I could easily just shift our market. I'm going to work all speculators and investors and yeah. the hell with that. Because right? yeah. I have kids and I see young people, you have got kids. I'm yeah. concerned about your little guy ever being able to come forward a home, right? Yeah. So Horrigan said he's concerned about home ownership. And that's why he bought him the spec tax, which is a joke. That was just a wealth tax. That, yeah. that, that wasn't going to solve an answer. That solved a quite problem. But now, provincial government they're going to open up laneway housing so they're going to allow a house with a suite and a carriage house so two things that i'm concerned that that's going to do it's going to create rental housing in the middle of residential areas and this isn't an insult to tenants we do know that if there's a house full of legal suites where they're rented up and down you can see which ones those are because they yeah. are traditionally not as well looked after yeah. So that's going to put rentals in the middle of residential zones. Plus, that's going to increase the cap rate drastically for speculators investors. When that happens, I've got a few clients, oh, perfect. Now I'm looking forward to buy a home. No, you won't because you're going to get slaughtered by the investors again. Yeah. They're going to come in with way deeper pockets than you. You're dead. This is the worst thing that could happen. And the government, it's unintended consequences. And I'm going to this UDI thing where the housing minister is going to be in the middle yeah. of June. And that's yeah. the question. Have you thought about what this is going to do to home buyers? And are there going to be rules where speculators, investors can't go? And I got some speculators, investors. Yeah. Go, Blake, you're killing me. Yeah. And I get it. Like, but you know, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I totally agree with that because they're doing the same thing in multifamily where they came out with MLI Select, like a CMHC program. Okay, so now it's allowing investors to buy multifamily properties like over five doors with 10% down, up to 50-year amortization, lower interest rates. So it's like, great, you couldn't qualify on this property on a conventional conversion mortgage at 25 years with 25% down. So we're just going to lengthen it way out. Yeah, it puts more affordability in the rental market because now there's going to be more units, but investors are just going to come in and eat that up. And it doesn't mean it's any better of an investment because they couldn't cash flow then. Yeah, it's you're trying to play two different markets, right? You're trying to appease the rental market, but it's it's affecting. And it's not easy, yeah. right? And that's with politics, right? And governments and MP and MLAs making decisions. I'm sorry, as you and I know, a lot of people that run for government aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. I did not know that those mortgages were available to investors like that. Yeah. The concept, hey, we got to get rentals out there, and we do. It works, but it it's also counteractive to having just a more qualified developer buying those properties. Yeah, I'm kind of split between the two, honestly. So maybe it comes down to leadership and smart people making decisions and cost analysis and and whatever other analyses you have to do. But what about boiling it down to just build more housing so that it's cheaper? Like, how's how does that work? You know, you think it's different than buying single family homes, turning them down and putting fourplexes on? That's different than just putting new subdivisions everywhere? No, I think they need to make it at a um, development permit stage where it's a faster process. Yeah. Like I'm subdividing a property. It takes two years. That's insane. 
there's way more immigrants coming in the country than yeah. they can provide housing for, right? So yeah. they need to make that process faster and more affordable. And it's not just going to bring in big time developers, but just home builders. Yeah. And yeah, densifying areas is one thing to do it on the way that they're attempting to, I don't fully agree with, but yeah, make it more affordable and approachable and maybe have somebody like a system that counsels homeowners if they want to actually subdivide a half acre property. Well, okay, there's enough dirt there. I'm going to come in as a member to support you. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to connect you with the geo and the topo and the engineering firms and everything and hold your hand through this whole process. Cause there's a lot of vacant opportunity out there that we're missing out on because it just sits there forever. Cause it's, it's an intimidating process. The clone is better than a lot of cities. It is. Yeah. Cologne is evolving pretty quickly, but yeah, it's still like, it's a tough process. Yeah. So they need to, I'm not saying provide more housing with these CMHC products where they're allowing investors to come in and buy these multifamilies that don't cash flow, but maybe they should help out. I think that's what David Evie's trying to do is trying to say like, listen, we don't want to do that. It's just, they're all approved. Right. And then you go up to there. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, because maybe West Kelowna should have amalgamated with Kelowna twenty years ago. And this one, that's another. Oh man, now damn, we just lost all our listeners from West Bank. Here's I can a, say that I was from West Bank. Here's a story. How long this thing go? Here's as long as you want. Here's a tactic. Yeah. So, right about the time that the amalgamation or the incorporation happened, I was on the board of directors of the Okanagan Sun for years, and I did the media and the marketing for years. That was my thing, and I put out an April Fool's joke that the Okanagan Sun were relocating to West Kelowna to the new sports and recreation. And I took online, there was a schematic of a 5,000-seat stadium. I I see some April Fool jokes. It's so obvious it's a joke. I wanted to bait people in. It made the front page of the sports in the end (laughs) career when we actually had a sports department. It was the lead story, the literal lead story on CKOV 63 and power at the time. Yeah. Joke comes out, everybody at the radio station is laughing. Blake, you got this, blah, blah, blah. Our president at the time called me because he had a call from an old guy who was pissed off. Oh, that. And he's from West Kelowna. And you call him, he's mad. So I call him, and I'm, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Me and six of my friends had coffee this morning, and we had something that Kelowna didn't. We had their football team, and you took it away. <laughs> Our community is so fractured over this amalgamation thing yeah there's this is a bad community and i had no it back then it apparently was very fractured right yeah and now 20 years later people forgot yeah yeah it was i still remember so we just came back from the island a couple of days ago and as you drive in near the mill there there's that small sign that says west bank still so there's they're holding strong <laughs> well and then and then after the city after everybody thought amalgamation was going to happen because gorman's and all the businesses said we need to be part of Kelowna. But there was a fellow who used to be the editor of the Daily Courier, who saw we named Nameless, who yeah. pushed for incorporation. And the silent or the silent majority didn't vote. The, the vocal minority got out and voted. Everybody was shocked that this was not part of cloning. So then the city councilors get in. Well, let's have a referendum to decide what we're going to call ourselves. All the incorporation, well, we're West Bank. That's what our nickname. Well, no, we're not West Bank. We never said we we're going to do that. So they came up with a bunch of names and slid West Cologne in there because they needed the name Cologne. Yeah, Cologne is the is, is the yeah. answer. Yeah. So the vote happened. Everybody got out voted that would have voted to to amalgamate. Yeah. They made sure West Cologne happened. 
And that was, so that made it worse again, because a bunch of people there did not want the name Kelowna. I mean, I think I was too young to vote yeah. at that time, but I do remember it. I still call yeah. it West Side, West Bank forever. Yeah. 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 Now it's just. To the average person, they don't know the difference, right? But yeah, at all levels in the Okanagan, I think the municipalities are trying to do their best job. Like everyone's restricted with, you know, manpower, fundability, that type of stuff. So not, also keeping everyone happy. Right? Yeah. There's not, not, yeah exactly. nothing you can do that doesn't piss them. Yeah. Out. So we're not taking anything away from that. Yeah. Yeah. So when, in, uh, sorry, I missed that. When are you running for mayor? I got vocal for this last mayor. So <laughs> the mayor we've got now, that's another soapbox thing that was on. I got pretty vocal uh, pushing for Tom. So. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Nice. You got a success record to run on here. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. yeah I, 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 he was elected anyway, but he did call me a needle mover. Oh, yeah. Did he? Cool. Yeah. That is when it, his announcement that, or when he won that night. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So you have the ability to push this podcast to like top 10 in the world. Now. <laughs> <laughs> to 10 viewers. <laughs> <laughs> that was our initial goal. We got quite a bit past that, yeah. but, uh, that's funny, actually, talking about the mayor, because I feel like if that election was just delayed by like two months, it'd probably be a hundred percent to nothing. Because okay. oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've all mayor. Yeah. Well, like we talk about just about anything. But... I just with our last mayor, I the mayor before that, I just when I saw all those videos of him walking the city, and I I supported him the first time because I I loved the fact he was a younger guy. But... Yeah. When I saw those videos and it's walking around like it's his kingdom. And there was one video where he's leaving the mayor's office and he slings half a dozen suits over his back and he's walking and go, what? What is this? Like, I just, I just, I was offended. By it. He was just picking up my laundry. Uh, <laughs> for me, yes. Anyone that knows me knows I love wearing suits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, Canadian tuxedo you got on right now. <laughs> yeah. It's my best suit I've got. I did not know that term until a year ago until I was wearing it. Oh, who called it to you? Who called you? Like five people in one day. I have never heard that term before. How can you be from Winnipeg? I have. Yeah, true. I didn't wear a G-Jack until I bought one. And I had, yeah, it was It was all, it was that shame. Yeah. You don't have jeans on. I don't. Yeah, see, I had the same color to paint as the jacket. I was like, yeah. I wish I did. Yeah, as long I don't believe that for a second. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I, I, I'll wear jeans next time. Because like, there is a camera in this room somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's too funny. Thanks for the bubbly offer, by the way. Yeah. I'm not really much of a host. I have a thing where I go out of my way to ask for bubbly. Don't I? Don't every you? every time except for today, he normally asks. I do. He's running, like, he's running on like an hour. Yeah. Last night was a rough night yeah. for me. So, yeah. I think it's. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that, Blake. Do you want to sip? No, just, yeah, all, our beer, post COVID, all all our beer fridge is all bubbly. Yeah, like, I know. I'm addicted to this. Yeah, yeah. Michael's doing a good job at promoting. All right, should we fire into our ice uh, maker round? Time for everyone's favorite part of the show: the ice maker section. Brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. Okay, best habit or routine you attribute to success that you feel some of our listeners could benefit from. If we're talking to realtors, and I didn't follow this nearly enough, but scheduling. Best part about real estate is the freedom. The worst part is the freedom. Yeah. So if you have a schedule and you, here's what I've got to be doing now. That's, I, I wish I had done it when I was young. What do you use for a schedule? I just use Google Calendar. Everything's color coded. Yeah. Green or money making activities and red or closings. I think that's awesome too. Like Beck and I have a, a shared calendar. It's like if it's not in the calendar, we just don't do, don't it. do it. It doesn't get it gets lost. So I'd, I'd, your family time, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
My yep. wife's listening to this going, you SOB, you never scheduled. <laughs> that was all talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what podcasts are. They're all talk. Yeah. yeah. Is gonna kill him. All right. What's uh, the best thing you've ever spent money on? Like any gadget or any kind of a... Uh... Oh, I knew I wrote this answer down because like, there was one thing. Uh, my chihuahuas. Yeah? Nice. How many do you have? 22 or two? Oh, two. two. Do you bring them to Mexico with you? <laughs> Mexico with us. Yeah. yeah. One's from Mexico. Like 10 years ago, our second last day on the beach there, Marlene and I were laughing. We didn't buy anything for the first time ever. Yeah. We left with chihuahuas. <laughs> it's like really tennis day. Somebody walked back puppies in a box. But we went through a really bad reno in a condo that was, it was a real stressful time. And yeah. we'd come in and the dogs would just come running to see you. Yeah. And they made us forget all the grief. Right, all the headache because the dogs just live for you. That's yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Mine live for chewing uh, all the things on my house. You should see that. <laughs> he has a blast. Yeah, he has left his mark. No pun intended. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I think the house is going to collapse. Just <laughs> dogs eating the bass. <laughs> Termites here? No, it's just a bull bass. <laughs> Yeah, just that bull, bull massive nod and everything. Makes my dog pee on the on the tile floor, so you not that. <laughs> what is the most impactful book you've ever read? Oh, I don't read enough. Oh, impactful? Yeah, no, I don't read no. no book. I do rich dad, poor dad should have been if I followed any of the teachings, but I did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking. This book's amazing. Let's do it. That book is amazing. Yeah, and how simple it is. Yeah, yeah. Do you listen to any audiobooks or podcasts or anything besides ours? I am going to listen to you, by the way. Now? What is <laughs> I, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and Byron Lizzie. Yeah. That's about it. Nice. Yeah. And nice. Tom Ferry. What do you listen to in the car, then? Mm-hmm. Or do you just talk to yourself? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, nice. You were right into the NFL. Yeah. So who's going to win this year? Who's who's your fave? Um, your team's obviously Minnesota. Obviously Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota's not going to win the Super Bowl. Do you think Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah I think so. Wow. Nice. We finally got him to make a prediction. Yes. <laughs> Nailed him. We're going to have you back at Super Bowl time. Yeah. You're all in on the Hertz wagon there? I, well, I think it'll be Hertz and Mahomes again. I think Buffalo. Josh Allen's making a run. Yeah. I'm just not a Stefan Diggs fan. Yeah. And I, I think he's a selfish little SOB. He played for the Vikings, so I feel bitter. <laughs> Everything he did in Minnesota with his selflessness, yeah. he's doing in Buffalo. And I think that's a that's a... That destroys his team. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite quote? Every morning, the sun comes up and the gazelle awakes. He knows he must outrun the fastest lion. It will be every morning. Lion also wakes. He knows he must outrun the slowest gazelle or he will starve to death. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're the lion or the gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. Damn. I like that. I've had that for 20 years. I read that 25 years ago and that just stuck with me. That is, uh, I've never heard that before. I've never heard that before either. That's awesome. Finishing on a deep note here, Blake. Yeah. What's something our listener can do to help you? Follow you online? Call me to do. Yeah, yeah. You well, could be everyone's second call. We'll put it on. You'll put the show notes. Yeah. I'm really bad on social. My sister actually called me last couple of days ago, asked me if everything was okay. I go, yeah, why? You're never on Facebook anymore. Yeah. I just stopped posting. I don't know. Okay, hold on. You have been seriously active on Facebook on our end. On the real estate. Yeah, the real. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. the public end, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing the things that make you the money. Yeah. 
And again, just to the to the direct to people that that, yeah. that stuff on that on the realtor stuff. Yeah. If we had not pushed it the way we did, we would not have accomplished what we did. Yeah. Stand by that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get aggressive. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. And also democracy can be a bit messy sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Good work on that. All right, Blake, it's been awesome uh talking to you. And uh yeah, very, so very you. edgy show. I feel <laughs> feel nervous about it. Next time I'll wear pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, you do all this on a drive out too, you never even had a double loop. So yeah. Okay. Well, I have one for the road. <laughs> thanks a lot, Blake. Yeah, thanks. Thank you guys for Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.